Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Brills, unedited podcast, episode number 119. Happy New Year to all listening. Um, uh, as I'm going, as the podcast going right now, Michigan, Texas are currently in the fourth quarter, or Michigan, Texas, Texas, Washington, Washington up 34-21. Looks like, <clears throat> looks like Washington could be headed to the national title, undefeated versus undefeated, Washington versus Michigan. We'll get to the Michigan game to start. We'll also get into NFL. Um... Last uh, last standings um, before the playoffs begin next week. I'll do a uh, I'll do like a ranking all fourteen playoff teams in order power ranking wise. <clears throat> um, we'll do my brother and myself's game predictions. We're gonna get into some combat sports. Conor McGregor obviously had a huge announcement. I'm gonna get into my year and MMA review and preview. Um, so we'll do like MMA awards, memorable moments, what I'm looking forward to most, stuff like that. Then we're going to get into my 8.0 Power 16 college basketball rankings, um, uh, college basketball big games of the week predictions. Then I'm going to get into my top 15 2024 NBA draft college prospects. So not counting any overseas players or G League guys, just college prospects. And then we'll finish it off with my 10.0 mock draft uh, two rounds with trades. Quinn Ewers going long. Xavier Worthy, big catch inside the 20. Texas moving now. Um, here we go. We might have a game. Um, Texas has not scored this half. They've not scored 13-0. to zero. So we'll start off. Michigan wins a late thriller in overtime, 27-20, to beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Uh, wow. I mean, you know, really first half, it was, you know, I was texting with, I was texting with Fee, who's, you know, he's been on the pod. It was like, it was weird because at halftime it felt like Michigan had been dominating the game and it was 13-10. And in the second half felt like <coughs> it was mainly Alabama and the game gets to overtime. And, you know, especially, the, you know, the the game-tying drive late really, you know, turned the, it turned the tide, should I say, into the overtime. Michigan had a great overtime uh, drive. <clears throat> Alabama... Miller had a big run, but then they ran two really bad plays in a row, I thought. Taking the ball out of his hands was in, was interesting, to say the least. And, you know, Michigan obviously able to get the stop of the three-yard line. Um, and they head to the national title 14-0. and um, Again, incredible season so far. You know, I didn't think they could get it done, to be honest. Did not think they would get it done. Uh, I thought Alabama would win the game. I thought Texas would win, so. And it looks like that's not going to – that possibly – might not come to fruition either, so it looks like you'd be getting both 13 no teams <clears throat> in the national title. Um, as I've watched this game, the second half really just been all Washington. Texas just hasn't moved the ball much. Uh, turnovers, um, yeah, Texas just hasn't you know looked like a good team. I thought Texas was the most complete team. I think if you're Michigan, you're very happy with this result if it holds. Playing Washington, I think their bruising style will be able to I think they'll be able to control the line of scrimmage very well against Washington. Can they just stop the big plays on, you know, on defense um, when Washington has the ball? Can they stop the big plays? I think Texas is a little is a much tougher matchup because I think Texas <clears throat> is the most complete team when you look at all aspects of the game: offensive line, weapons, quarterback, um, really good head coach, really good D line. Their secondary is their weakness for sure. Good linebackers though as well. Um, so yeah, that I thought Texas. If you're Michigan, you'd rather not play Texas in my opinion. You'd rather play Washington. I think it's a better matchup um, for you. Um, obviously, you never know. Washington, you know, they're big play team. 
I mean, they're three receivers. I it's got to be, you know, you did have, you did have Marvin Harrison and Mekhek Buka, um, but I honestly think this Washington trio has been the best trio in college football all season, um, with Polk, Mc, uh, McClinahan, McMillan, whatever his name is, and uh, Romo Dunze is. <clears throat> Adonai Mitchell goes up and snags a touchdown, makes it thirty-seven or thirty-four twenty-seven with seven minutes to go. Texas trying to get you back in the game, but yeah, I think if you're Michigan, you're happy if Washington holds. I think it's a tougher matchup against Texas. Um, I think Texas would beat Michigan. I think I'd probably pick Michigan to beat Washington, just because I think they'll be able to control the ball. They'll be able to run it. Texas had a lot, you know, has looked really good when they've ran the ball. But I just think that the matchup with um, Texas will be just a lot tougher for Michigan. I would probably pick Texas. But let's get on to my post-week 17 top 16 NFL power rankings. Again, this is the last week because not all these teams will make the playoffs. Next week, I'll just rank, you know, we'll do my playoff picks. I'll do a full playoff bracket pick. I'll rank the top, I'll rank all 14 teams in a power rankings that made the playoffs. Um... But yeah, number one, I got the Baltimore Ravens, of course. I mean, what a win over Miami. They just flat out dominated the game. It was kind of a close one to start, but they, when they pulled away, it was over. Um, I, I just think Miami, they're going to struggle to beat the good teams. They play Buffalo this week. I think they. I don't think they get beat 56-19 or 48-20 like they did at Buffalo. But I do see, I think the Bills do win by a touchdown or more. Um, 49ers at two, a uh, good win against commanders. Wasn't impressive. McCaffrey got hurt. I'm sure he's not playing this week at all. I'd be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if he played. Um, he, well, no, yeah, he, he won't play. They, they have the one seed locked. Um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they have the one seed locked up, so they're, they're not going to play him. Um, Cowboys at three, good win. Left a lot of points on the board, in my opinion. Dak turnover uh, inside uh, um, inside the thirty uh, through the pick. CD Lamb fumbling in the end zone. I thought we left a lot of points on the board. I thought we should have had that. I thought we should have been up at worst seventeen three at half, potentially twenty one twenty four three. Um, but yeah, it was a you know it was a good win to get a get a win over a playoff team. You know what everyone said about the Cowboys is, you know they can't beat they can't beat good teams. Well, they've beaten three teams that are for sure in the playoffs and another one that potentially will be in the Lions, who will be the three seed, the Eagles, the top wild card, if um, possibly the NFC East winners. <clears throat> and then we've also beaten the Rams, who are locked to make the playoffs, and Seattle, who can make the playoffs. So, I mean, I think it's weird uh, that everyone, you know, Cowboys don't beat any good teams. Well, just beat, the, just beat everyone's beloved Lions. So, yeah, I, I love where the Cowboys are at. Bills at four. Uh, again, just good win. I mean, not really. It wasn't a great performance, but it's a win on the road against a division, division or not on the road, but against a divisional opponent. So, good win there. Uh, Cleveland's up to five for me. They're tremendous. Um, Joe Falco, what he's been able to do this year, he should be winning comeback player of the year. Um, I know what people are going to say. That's you know, it could be a little insensitive. Uh, how could you not say it's Demar Hamlin? Listen, uh, horrific tragedy. He went through one hundred percent, but. Joe Flacco rolled off the couch and has been, besides the Rams game, just slinging the ball around and giving the Browns life. And I think with people, you know, people are saying the Ravens are the overwhelming favorite to win it. They're the best team in football right now. That doesn't mean I think they're a lock to get to the Super Bowl 
or they're the overwhelming favorite. I have not seen Lamar or the Ravens really play a great playoff game ever. I think the Browns, if there was any year a Cinderella team like that could get to the Super Bowl, it would be this year. Because I do think the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, they could have a meltdown. It's happened before. He hasn't performed well in the playoffs. And no one can no one can prove to me that he has. So um, it'd be in, it's interesting. They have a great defense. Uh, Elijah Moore getting hurt. Hopefully Amari Cooper. Obviously, they're going to rest some guys. I don't think they can move um, from the five. I think they're the five no matter what. So I would be shocked if a lot of their starters play. Hopefully, they're healthy. But I think they're a really tough team. And, you know, that four seed... From the uh, AFC South, Jaguars, Colts, Texans, I'd, I would favor the Browns in any of those matchups. Browns have already beaten the Jaguars. <clears throat> Did I think they beat the Texans. I would have to go back and look at the schedule, but I, th- I would favor them in any of those games, even if it's on the road. Um, Chiefs at six, again, you know, they honestly, they looked better offensively. They moved the ball well. They just couldn't convert and score touchdowns, you know. Uh, 18 of their 25 points came from Harrison Butker's foot. Um, but I thought it was a, a better performance offensively than we've seen in recent weeks. Um, they moved the ball. They got into the, you know, on the other other side of the 50. They got into, you know, inside the 30, inside the red zone, you know, just couldn't just couldn't convert. That's all it was. Um, wasn't, you know, they, they got to figure that out now, but I thought they moved the ball a lot better. Uh, Dolphins at seven, again, bad loss. And you could argue the Dolphins are lower than the Lions or the Eagles. I think it's seven, eight, nine is tight. Um, I'm going to go Dolphins. Uh, I think that they're... I trust their offense more than the other two, and I think their defense is a little better than the other two. Um, but that's being said, the Lions are at eight, <clears throat> and the Eagles are at nine. I think the Eagles are the worst of the bunch. Um, I think they missed their chance to win a Super Bowl last year. Um, they got just got a little older. They got worse, and that happens in football. They lost their offensive and defense coordinator, and both are tremendous coaches. You know, what Steichen's done with the Colts, having Gardner Minshew for most of the year is incredible. Jonathan Gannon walked into a a horror show in Arizona, and he's able to scrap for some wins. Got a win over the Cowboys, got a win over the Eagles. Um, and I think they're going to be pretty damn good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I like where the Cardinals are and the Colts with their coaches, and that hurts the Eagles. You know, you lose two top coaches that were obviously really good in, with you. Um, that hurts. <clears throat> and that's what happened. Uh, Rams I have in here at 10. Um, sloppy win in New York, but a win's a win. That's all you got to do. Get in the playoffs, and I think they're a scary matchup. Super Bowl champion quarterback, Super Bowl champion head coach, stud wide receivers in Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, who are matchup nightmares. Tyler Higby, really good tight end. Kieran Williams, the running back, tremendous. Their defense has been good most of the year. You know, it's not the Rams' defense of the past, but it's still solid. Um, I really, I, I think they're a scary team, and you know, if they match up with, that'd be a great matchup. Um, them with the, uh, um, them with the Lions. You know, Goff versus the Rams, Stafford versus the Lions. I think that's great. Uh, Jaguars at eleven. It's Jaguars, Colts, Texans at eleven, twelve, thirteen. I think the Jaguars are a little better than them, than both those teams. Uh, Jags play the Titans, and the Colts and the Texans play each other. So it's a big, big week in the AFC South. Uh, Fourteen, the Steelers. Again, they got a chance to make the playoffs. I don't think they're good. Uh, I think if you're the two seed, you hope or the two seed being Buffalo or Miami. You hope the Steelers make it. That is a. I know people. Yeah, you know, Mike Tomlin, great head coach, but uh, I think that's a a great matchup to have in the first round. I do not think that's a playoff team. They're just very, very, he's just a very good coach. 
that's what it is with uh, Tomlin. So, yeah, I mean, again, we'll see what happens. Packers at 15, good win over the Vikings. I mean, obviously Vikings are having to play like two, three different quarterbacks a week. Um, but we'll see Packers, I think, winning their end. And I did keep the Buccaneers at 16 because I do think they're better than the Saints. And uh, I think it was a bad week. Uh, they play the Panthers this week. I believe they should win that and they should be the five seed um, or the four seed. And that will be either they'll play Philly or Dallas. Um, if Dallas wins against Washington, Dallas is the two. No matter what, Philly is the five. If Dallas loses, Philly wins. Philly's the two. Dallas is five. Hopefully my Cowboys don't piss away the opportunity the Eagles just gave us to uh, you know, have a home game in the first round. And if you win that, have another home game in round two. Hopefully they don't squander that uh, chance away. Um, but let's go into the tiers here. Um, so in the AFC, get draft ready. I think all these teams have been eliminated. So Bengals, Broncos, Raiders, Jets, Titans, Chargers, Patriots, all get draft ready. Start scouting. Scout even more now. There is nobody in probs not playoff teams because all these teams in playoffs question mark have a chance. Uh, Jaguars, Colts, Texans, Steelers, um, surefire playoff teams, Browns, Chiefs, Dolphins, and then my Super Bowl contenders are the Ravens and the Bills. Um, people can say, how could you say the Bills? Um, how can I not say the Bills? Uh, I think the Bills are... Um, they're 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 just really scary because you know what Josh Allen's capable of. You know, I I would say if the Chiefs were ten and six as well, but had really good weapons, I'd say my God, the Chiefs are definitely Super Bowl contenders. You don't want to play Mahomes in that team, even though they're kind of having a. What's crazy? It's a down year for the Chiefs. They're ten and six, clinched the AFC West before Week eighteen, and you know are going to host that. Still going to host a home playoff game. It's funny. It's funny to, you know, it's just crazy. That's how good Mahomes is. And, I mean, you look at Mahomes has, if you go off, to, he's I think he's fourth in passing yards or third. And then if you go off total quarterback yards, combining the rushing and the passing, he's number one in the league, Mahomes is. Crazy. Um, it's just wild. <clears throat> and that's where the Bills are scary. And they have Diggs, who has been in a slump. They have Gabe Davis, though, who can make big plays. They have two good tight ends. They have a good running back. They have Josh Allen. They're just a scary team. And I think this is their year. I think it's always going to be tough for Josh Allen to win a Super Bowl because I think in any other year when the Chiefs are good and the Bengals are good, he's the third best quarterback. We'll see what happens, though. In the NFC, get draft ready are Giants, Redskins, Cardinals, Panthers. Probably not playoff teams. Both these teams have a prayer. Need a lot to happen, but they do have a prayer. Um, Vikings and Falcons, they need a lot to happen. But again, they have a they have a prayer at... Um, they have a prayer at... <laughs> making the playoffs. So playoffs question mark. Again, it's going to come down to this last week. Bucks own all the tiebreakers, so they win and they're in. But you got the Bucks, the Packers, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Bears. Those teams are playoff question mark. The Bears have a again, the Bears have a prayer, but I think the Bears are way better than the Vikings or Falcons. Surefire playoff teams, Lions, Eagles, Rams, Super Bowl Bubble, Niners, Cowboys. <coughs> Let me get a drink real quick and then we'll get into week eighteen game predictions. All right. So again, how many of my brother do it? Always the last three weeks of the year, we alternate picks. If he takes a team, I have to take the other. I did not do good last week. He went, he went way better than me. That's all I know. Um, <coughs> uh, I think I went six and ten. He went ten and six. So he's seven games above me now. I need a big week this week. 
Um, so my upset of the week, even though I'm guessing Lamar won't play, I'm going to take the Ravens as my upset of the week at home versus the Steelers. Steelers are four-point favorites, so I'm going to take the Ravens. He has the Steelers. Texans and Colts. He took the Colts, so I'm taking the Texans. Uh, Bengals-Browns. He took the Browns. I took the Bang- I have the Bengals. Saints-Falcons. I took the Saints. He has the Falcons. Jets-Patriots. I mean, what a shit show of a game that is. Uh, Saints, Saints-Patriots, you know. Uh, or Jets Patriots. Uh, I took the Patriots. He has the Jets. Um, he took the Buccaneers. I have the Panthers. I took the Lions. He's got the Vikings. Um, I took the Jaguars. He has the Titans. Uh, his upset of the week was actually the Rams on the ro- uh, against the Niners. So I have the Niners. He's got the Rams. Um, he took the Bears. I have the Packers. I took the Eagles. He has the Giants. I took the Cowboys. He has the Redskins. He took the Chiefs. I have the Chargers. He took the Cardinals. I have the Seahawks. Um, he took the Raiders. I have the Broncos. And I took the Bills. He has the Dolphins. We continue this all through the playoffs. But again, I'm down seven. And obviously, there's limited games in the uh, there's limited games in the playoffs. So I got I, I need a big week. I need to close the gap to about three probably. I need a big week this week. So let's get into some combat sports headlines and discussions. We'll start off with boxing. Haney and Ryan, Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia is in the works. Ah, this is what I love. Ryan Garcia, he don't give a fuck. He wants to fight the best. He wants to fight the best and make the most money. Well, how you make the most money is fighting the best. This is a great fight. And we're going to see... Because remember, him and Gervonta did 1.2. Was he the seller or was Gervonta the seller? I think I think Ryan's a bigger name. But I also think Gervonta's a way bigger name than Haney right now. I do think this pay-per-view would do well above 700000 I don't think it touches Garcia Davis at $1.2 million, especially because Garcia has the loss to him. But I love that fight. Uh, Joshua finished Otto Valin. Uh, what a win for him. And then Wilder loses a horrible, lopsided decision to Joseph Parker. Joshua Wilder now dead. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, we really don't know what's going to happen here between these guys. What is Wilder going to retire? We'll see what happens. Um, but here's some five big boxing bouts I want to see in 2024. None of these are currently booked. So I want to see... Canelo's on here twice. I want to see Cano- First, I know people are going to say, well, the second one's more historic. Maybe. I want to see Canelo De- De Benavidez very badly. This is the one I want to see for Canelo the most. I want to see if Benavidez is the new, is the new guy, or I want to see if Canelo is still that guy. The other one for Canelo, though, is Terrence Bud Crawford. Just because Bud Crawford daring to be great. That would be amazing. Next one, Javante Davis, Shakur Stevenson. I want to see that one. Both undefeated. Uh, you know, you got the power puncher in Davis, the slick boxer in Shakur Stevenson. Great fight. I want to see, I think Fury will beat Usyk both times. And I want to see at the end of the year, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua. <coughs> Anthony Joshua plans to stay busy. He could have two fights during that time. And you could have an end of the year, end of 2024, Fury Joshua mega event in the UK. And the other one I want to see is Deontay Wilder, Francis Ngannou. And call me crazy, but I think Francis Ngannou is a better boxer than Deontay Wilder. And I think Francis Ngannou would beat Deontay Wilder. Obviously, Wilder has that one-punch KO power. But he's aging, and he looked gun-shy. And that's what worries me, and that's why I think Ngannou could get him. MMA, not much here to start. We're going to go with... I want to go with... Uh, these are the my six favorite fights that are already booked in 2024. So, number one, my favorites, personally. O'Malley, Cheeto Vera 2, March 9th at UFC 299 for the Bantamweight title. Easily my favorite. <clears throat> Kevin Holland, Michael Venom Page, March 9th, UFC 299 in a welterweight bout. Again, just can't wait for a CMVP fight in the UFC. 
Uh, Marab Cejudo, February 17th, UFC 298 in a Bantamweight bout. Tatiana Suarez, Amanda Lemos, February 17th, UFC 298 in a women's strawweight bout. Uh, Sean Strickland versus Drakus Duplessis, January 20th, coming up, UFC 297 for the middleweight title. And uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, <clears throat> Ilya Taporia, February 17th, UFC 298 for the featherweight title. <clears throat> and now it is, Conor McGregor made his announcement. It will not be at UFC 300 in April. It will not be in May. It will be in June. June 29th, International Fight Week in Las Vegas. He will take on Michael Chandler. Now, he did announce, hilariously, that it would be at 185 pounds. I don't know if that's for real. Obviously, the UFC hasn't even made it official yet, but I have heard that it is official. They, it is done. They will be fighting June 29th. I would be shocked if it's middleweight. I kind of think it'll be welterweight. I can understand I think I think it people think it's a joke. I also think there's logic behind what Connor's trying to do there. Four different weight classes. He could be the first fighter in UFC history with four knockouts and four different weight classes. Albeit fighting a lightweight at middleweight, it would still be another thing under his belt. He loves making history and there's some there's something for history right there. Uh being the guy that did four you know, four knockouts in four different weight classes. I think that's what uh that's what he's thinking. I don't think it's an absolute joke. I think if the UFC will allow it, he would do it 100%. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be at 170, but it would be hilarious um, if it is at 185 for him to go for that. Um, again, very happy, though, that he has a fight announced finally. Uh, fight booked. Can't wait for June 29th. Sin City, Viva Las Vegas. The Mac is back. One more run. You know, back's against the wall completely now. <clears throat> I think there's a plan in place for Connor. Um, in my mind, I think it's, uh, I think it's Michael Chandler first. I think it's Nate Diaz second. And then I think it's a title fight third and that'll be it. If he wins, maybe he defends or maybe he rides off into the sunset. Uh, we'll see what happens, but I think that's the plan. I think he can definitely get through the first two. Not sure if he can actually win the welterweight or lightweight title, especially against, you know, I think if he fought Leon, he'd have the best chance just because most likely it's going to be on the feet. Uh, Islam's a very tough matchup. All of them are very tough matchups. They're all he would be a massive, massive underdog in all of those matchups. <clears throat> but can't wait for June 29th. And let's get into my year. Let me get another drink. Sorry about that. Got a got a little, got a little something. I don't know under the weather a little bit. But let's we'll get. I'm gonna get a drink. Then we'll get into year and MMA review and preview. Oh, fuck! All right. So we'll start off with my 2023 year-end MMA awards. Male Fighter of the Year. Um, Runner-up was Leon Edwards <clears throat> with wins over Kamaru Usman and uh, Colby Covington. But my Fighter of the Year is none other than Sean Strickland. Three wins in 2023, including winning the middleweight belt over Israel Adesanya. Uh, yeah, that win cemented it for me. I mean, especially how dominant it was. Crazy. But yeah, Strickland's my Male Fighter of the Year. Female Fighter of the Year, runner-up Alexa Grosso in the UFC. But my Female Fighter of the Year, I think I'll have to go back and look. I think this two straight years, Larissa Pacheco, uh, four wins in 2023 and won the PFL tournament again. Breakthrough Fighter of the Year, runner-up was Ilya Taporia. But my winner is Tom Aspinall, had knee surgery, came back, TKO'd Tybura in round one, and then KO'd Sergei Pavlovich in round one to win the interim heavyweight title. Fight of the year, runner-up, Poirier Chandler. Winner, though, last pay-per-view of the year at UFC 296. 
Irene Aldana versus Carol Rosa. Um, again, up there with one of the greatest fights in MMA history, and it, you know, up there with the the Jean Wiley Joanna fight. That was an unbelievable war. KO of the year runner up is Israel Adesanya over Alex Pereira. I try to not involve the moment as much in my awards. Because my KO of the year comes on the opener of UFC 296, Josh Emmett over Bryce Mitchell. I mean, one of the most brutal KOs I've ever seen. I mean, Bryce was down. He was shaking. He was out for a while. Uh, submission of the year. Runner-up, uh, Shavkat over Jeff Neal. Again, I didn't think there was a ton of great submissions this year. That was at UFC 285. On the same card was when Alexa Grasso sub- submitted Valentina Shevchenko uh, via neck crank to upset Shevchenko and win the women's flyweight title. Comeback of the year. Again, not I couldn't find a lot of great ones. Runner-up. I know people might hate the winner here, but runner-up. Uh, um, runner-up was Edson Barbosa coming back against Sadiq Youssef. But my comeback of the year was honestly John Jones' career. Um, out forever and comes back. And I know the fight wasn't insane because, you know, gone kind of laid an egg. But, I mean, that was insane for him to come back and submit somebody at the top level in three minutes. Upset of the year, Alexa Grasso Shevchenko's my runner-up, and obviously the winner, it clearly has to be. Sean Strickland over Israel Adesanya has to be the upset of the year. So we're going to go to my six most memorable moments of the of UFC in 2023. At six, Justin Gaethje's head kick KO win over Poirier. At five, Tom Aspinall KOing Sergei Pavlovich to become interim champion. Islam TKOing Volk in the rematch. Uh, John Jones returning and subbing gone in round one to win the heavyweight title. Izzy getting revenge and KO and Pereira in a rematch in the rematch to regain the title. And my my most memorable one is Sean O'Malley's TKO to you know become the king of the bantamweight division, baby. That was special. You know that was that was a really special one for me. Um, so this is going to be just a men's division here in the UFC. Two contenders slash prospects to watch for in each division in 2024. Uh, Jouten Almeida, 32 years old, coming off a decision win over Lewis um, and a sub win over Rosenstruck, has blades in March. Uh, a tough fight for him there. Uh, Shamil Gaziev um, came off the Dana White's contender series. He's 33 years old, just got his first win in the UFC at UFC 296 uh, via round two TKO. 33 years old, though, is not old at all. He's got he's got a lot of time left in the heavyweight division. Light heavyweight, Azmat Mirzakhanov, again, another Dana White contender series guy. He's 3-0 in the UFC, coming off a win over Justin Jacoby via decision. He's 34, a little older for the light heavyweight division, but he's still got some time. We saw Glover win the belt at 42. Uh, Vidor uh, Petrino, a Dana White contender series guy, only 26, 3-0 in the UFC, coming off a TKO win over Modestus um, Buskakis. Uh, yeah, up-and-comer, 26, very young, um, love his game. Obviously, we're going to go Bo Nickel. Here at middleweight, Dana White Series guys two and zero in the UFC with two round one stoppages. He has a fight coming up, right? He has a fight booked with somebody. I can't remember the guy's name now though. He's fighting at UFC three hundred. Um, and then Brendan Allen came uh, came off the Dana White Series in twenty nineteen. He's only twenty seven, only two losses in the UFC. He's on a six fight win streak. Just subbed Paul Craig in round three in his last fight. Can't wait for his next fight. He's exciting to watch. A dark horse to get a middleweight title shot by the end of the year. Uh, welterweight, uh, Michael Morales, 24 years old, 16-0, 4-0 in the UFC, coming off a win over Jake Matthews. Dana White contender series guy again, 
24. He's nasty. I like him a lot. Mike Mallett, 32 years old, Dana White Contender Series guy. He's 3-0 in the UFC, coming off a round two submission win over Mike Fujit. I think he's taking on Neil Magny next. At lightweight, Benoit St. Dennis, 28 years old, lost his very first fight in the UFC. He's won five fights since, coming off that sick head kick KO win over Matt Frivola. Then you got Elvis uh, Brenner. He's only 26 years old, 3-0 in the UFC, coming off two straight finishes. A guy to look out for. Uh, featherweight, uh, Mosar Evalev, a guy I think that could be fighting for the title by year's end as well. 29 years old, 16 no 7 in the UFC, coming off the win over Diego Lopez. Has a fight booked with Arnold Allen, and that rolls right into the next guy, Diego Lopez, 28 years old. Got into the UFC when he took the Evalev fight on very short notice and went three hard competitive rounds with him. Since then, he's won two straight over Gavin Tucker and Pat Sabatini, both round one finishes. Um, in Bantamweight, Umar Namagomedov, he has to be has to be talked about. 27 years old, 16-0, no, 4-0 no in the UFC. Coming off a round one TKO win over Ronnie Barcelos. Watch out for him. Uh, Peyton Talbot, Dana White Contender Series guy, 25 years old, 7-0, no, only 1-0 no in the UFC. Coming off a round three submission win, his first fight in the UFC over Nick Aguirre. Um, and at Flyweight, this guy. Muhammad Mokayev, I love his game. 23 years old, 11-0, 5-0 in the UFC. Coming off a round three submission win over Tim Elliott. think he was down on the cards, though. He didn't look impressive, but he got the job done. Um, I really like his game. Um, and then uh, Tatsuro Tyra, 23 years old, 14-0, 5-0 in the UFC. Coming off a round two TKO win over Carlos Hernandez. Another young prospect to look out for um, in that division. One fight that, in my opinion, needs to be made in each division. And some of these are tough to do, but some fights, these are just also fights I really want to see. Um, but we're going to get into my top six fights I really want to see. These are ones that I think really need to be made. Um, at fly, at Women's Strawweight, Whaley Zane, Tatiana Suarez, need to see that. Uh, Alexa Grosso, Aaron Blanchfield. Women's Bantamweight, that's a tough, that division's so bad. But I want Misha Tate, Holly Holm too, why not? Flyweight, uh, Roy Val versus Muhammad Makayev. Bantamweight, he called them out. Cody Garbrandt, Davidson Figueredo. Featherweight, I wanted Ortega Emmett. We're getting Ortega Yair too. I think it's weird. Lightweight, I want to see Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway too. And Max Holloway moved back up. At welterweight, we got to see Leon Edwards ball too. Have to. Middleweight, I want to see Hamzat Shamayev, Jared Kenyon. I don't think, I think Hamzat should have to fight somebody in my opinion. I think him versus Jared Kenyon is the fight to make. Light heavyweight, definitely got to be Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill. <coughs> heavyweight, Cyril Gon, Sergey Pavlovich must be made. Top six fights I want to see personally in 2024. These were, none of these are booked. One of them kind of. Uh, six, Whaley Zane, Tatiana Suarez. Five, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya, three. At 205. Uh, four, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Sean O'Malley. Three, John Jones versus Tom Aspinall. Two, the one that's was booked by Connor, <laughs> Connor Michael Chandler, and then one Connor Diaz three, um, would be the number one fight I want to see. Um, so then we go to who will be the champs in each weight class at the end of twenty twenty three. This one's a, this one's a tough one. This these are tough. You never know of these ones. Women's strawweight. I am going to go Tatiana Suarez. Now, this is a dangerous pick. First off, I do think she's the best woman strawweight. Secondly, it's going to matter about her health. Women's flyweight, Aaron Blanchfield. 
Women's Bantamweight, again, terrible division. I'm going to go Juliana Pena, though. Flyweight, Brandon Moreno. I think he gets it back. Bantamweight, Sean O'Malley. Featherweight, Alexander Volkanovsky. Lightweight, Islam Mahachev. Welterweight, Shavkat Rachmanov. Middleweight, Hamzat Shimaev. Light heavyweight, Jamal Hill. And heavyweight, Tom Aspinall. Those are my predictions for champions at year's end. <clears throat> Alright, so let's get into my 8.0 Power 16 College Basketball Rankings. Purdue number one still. Kansas two. Houston three. UConn four. Kentucky five. Tennessee six. Marquette seven. North Carolina eight. Duke nine. James Madison ten. Um, Arizona eleven. Memphis 12, Baylor 13, FAU 14, Oklahoma 15, Old Miss at 13, no at 16. Next five out will be Texas, BYU, Colorado State, Clemson, and Illinois, who obviously could fall off with uh, the unfortunate circumstances that have happened with their program and one of their players. Uh, college basketball big games of the week prediction. Actually, a decent amount of games this week. There was only two, three last week. I went two and one, so I'm. Hold on, hold on. I might not have updated that college basketball season. Okay, yeah, I didn't update it correctly. Okay, I will. I'm 39 and 15 now after a two and one week. Yes. Okay, so I'm now 39 and 15 overall, two and one last week. Starting tomorrow, Tuesday, January 2nd, Wisconsin over Iowa at Wisconsin. I'm going to go, I'm going to change this. I'm going to go Northwestern over Illinois at Illinois. Duke over Syracuse at Duke. Um, This is at Colorado State. I'm going to go New Mexico, though, in an upset over Colorado State. Wednesday, January 3rd at Miami. I'm going to take Miami over Clemson. Thursday, January 4th, you got Arizona, Colorado in Arizona. Give me Arizona. Bounce back. Friday, January 5th. Illinois at Purdue. Give me Purdue. And then Saturday, January 6th. Got some good games here. Um, UNC at Clemson. Give me UNC. Kentucky at Florida. Give me Kentucky. Creighton. uh, Providence at Creighton. Give me Creighton. And Tennessee or Ole Miss at Tennessee. Give me Tennessee to give Ole Miss their first defeat. All right. So now we got a punt here. It looks like Texas will get the ball back with about 40 seconds left. Most likely deep. A long ways to go, most likely. Um, but here are my top 15 2024 NBA draft college prospects. So just college. Coming in at number one, Isaiah Collier, the point guard at USC. He is just dynamite with the ball. He's a tremendous player. Um, number two, guy I love a lot, Jacoby Walter, the uh, shooting guard for Baylor. Three, Cody Williams, the wing for Colorado. You're going to see a lot of Kentucky. This might be Calipari's most talented class. Four, Rob Dillingham, the point guard for Kentucky. Five, Tyrese Proctor, the guard for Duke. Six, Devon Castle, the guard for UConn. Seven, Reed Shepard, the point guard for Kentucky. Eight, Kyle Filipowski, the center for Duke. Nine, Donovan Klingon, the center for UConn. Ten, Kevin McCuller, the shooting guard for Kansas. Um, Eleven, Justin Edwards, the wing for Kentucky. 
12, DJ Wagner, the point guard for Kentucky. 13, Aaron Bradshaw, the center for Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky's loaded. This He's going to have a ridiculous draft class this year. He's going to probably – I'm guessing all five of these guys are in, all in top 25, maybe even top 20. 14, Tyler Kolick, the point guard for Marquette. And 15, Trey Alexander, the shooting guard for Creighton. As we did have a catch interference, 45 seconds left for Texas. I don't know how far how far is the kick catch interference, kick catch interference penalty. Fifteen yards? It might be fifteen yards. It could have decent field position here. I'll let you know when I see it. But here we go. So here is my 10.0 2024 NFL mock draft. Two rounds with trades. We'll grab it a quick drink and then we'll get going. It is a fifteen yard penalty. Texas will have a chance here. They're at their, their own 31 with 45 seconds left, no timeouts. But again, under two minutes, um, the clock will stop on first downs. Um, so we're going to pause. We're going to we'll do the mock draft in between plays. Unless it's hurry up. Quinn Ewers, quick out. No, no one there. Okay. So the first trade here. Patriots trade up for pick one. The Bears will get pick four. Pick 36. A 2025 first and a 2025 second. And maybe even more. Patriots will then take Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. <clears throat> Cardinals are thrilled. They'll stick it too, and they'll take Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver out of Ohio State. The Redskins will at three will then take Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU. The Bears will then continue to just add draft assets and future picks. They will now Quinnewers, seam route, no one home. Oh boy. Not looking good here for for Texas. Uh, the Falcons will get pick four. The Bears will move down to nine. They'll also get pick 41, a 2025 first, and a 2025 third. The Falcons will then take Drake May out of North Carolina, quarterback. Third down and 10 now. Texas has not moved the ball yard. Um, at five, Malik Neighbors, wide receiver, LSU. Here we go. Ball's about to be snapped. Got the top five done. Giants need a weapon, by the way. Ball snap, Quinn Ewers under pressure, going deep. Ball's up for grabs. Oh my god, it's a catch. Oh my goodness, it's a catch. You gotta get on the ball. This guy's celebrating. He's not getting on the ball. They gotta spike it. Oh my goodness, a huge play for Texas. Um inside they get to they're at the Washington 29 now. What are they doing? Washington 28. Ball's down. Clock's running. At the Washington 28. Ewers snaps it. Pressure, end zone. Adonai Mitchell, no good. Oh my goodness, this got interesting. 20 seconds left at the Washington 28 now. Wow, what a play. All right, one between plays though. Chargers at six take Brock Bowers, tight end out of Georgia. Seven, the Titans take Olu Fashanu, tackle out of Penn State. Jets at eight take Joe Alt, tackle out of Notre Dame. Bears finally picking at nine, take Romo Dunes, wide receiver to Washington, who's playing in this game. Saints move up. They trade uh, pick 13 and a third this year and a fourth next year for pick 10. They trade up and get Dallas Turner, edge out of Alabama. That's the way with doing these trades, some guys have been falling in this mock, you know. At 11, the Raiders take Kool-Aid McKintree, cornerback Alabama. 12, the Bears take J.C. Latham, offensive tackle Alabama. Packers at 13 now take Cooper DeGene, defensive back out of Iowa. Uh, 14, the Steelers take Amarius Mims, offensive tackle out of Georgia. Looks like we have a timeout, Washington. Uh, 15, the Vikings take Latu Latu, 
edge out of UCLA. At 16, the Broncos take Bo Nix, quarterback out of Oregon. At 17, the Bengals take Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. 18, the Cardinals take Jared Versay, edge out of Florida State. 19, the Seahawks take Jerzon Newton, interior D lineman, out of Illinois. 20, the Rams take Nate Wiggins, corner out of Clemson. 21, the Colts take Terrion Arnold, corner out of Alabama. <clears throat> Buccaneers at 22 take Chop Robinson, edge out of Penn State. Jaguars at 23 take Talise Fuaga, offensive tackle, Oregon State. Chiefs at 24 take Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. Bills at 25 take Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver out of uh, LSU. And here we go, we got a play. Play's about to happen. Ball Again, ball at the... Ball at the Texas or the Washington 28. 20 seconds left. Cannot have a completion before the first down. These all have to be shots, basically. Wheel route. He's open. And he missed He missed him. I think he missed him. Oh, no, he caught it. I think if he hits him on the run, though, it's a bad throw. Because I think if he hits him on the run, let's see if he gets a foot down. Catch. Foot down. He got the ball. What a catch. A running back. Does he bobble? No, he does not bobble. That is a catch. Oh my goodness, they're going to have a chance here. They're going to be at the Washington 13. The Washington 13, man in motion, play stop. They're going to review it though. 15 seconds left. Let's get back at it. Uh, 25, the Bills take Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver LSU. Lions at 26 take Kalen King, cornerback Penn State. Texans at 27 take Braylon Trice, edge out of Washington. I believe he catches it. It does move a tab, but not enough for me. No, that's a catch. That's a catch. What a grab. Uh, 28, the Cowboys take Graham Barton, offensive tackle Duke. Eagles at 29 take Cameron Kinchins, safety out of Miami. Nether trade here, the last trade of the mock. Vikings get pick 30. The Dolphins get pick 47, a 2025 second, and a 2025 third. The Vikings then at 30 take Michael Penix Jr., quarterback out of Washington. 49ers at 31 take Troy uh, Fatanu, offensive lineman out of Washington. And the Ravens stand the first round, take JT Tuomaloau, uh, edge out of Ohio State. Round two, the Panthers finally get a pick. They take Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of Oregon. Cardinals take Kamari Lassiter, cornerback out of Georgia. Redskins at 35 take Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle Arizona. Bears via one of their second, you know, they got two second round picks now because of all their trade backs. They take Chris Jenkins, interior D lineman out of Michigan. It is a completed catch. We're going to pause there. It is now, let's see. I mean, everyone's, everyone's up on the line, so I don't know what the holdup's about here. Wow. This will be heartbreaking for Washington. Uh, Texas has the ball at the Washington 12. With 15 seconds. Now, a sack or a tackle inbounds before the two-yard line will end the game. There's no timeouts, and Washington's going to take their final timeout. So we can get back to the mock. Uh, Giants at 37 take Kingsley Suamatia, offensive tackle BYU. Chargers at 38 take Leonard Taylor, interior D-lineman Miami. Titans at 39 take Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas. Packers at 40, take Tyler Guyton, offensive tackle OU. Bears at 41, go another offensive lineman, uh, Cooper Beebe. Did they take an offensive lineman in round one? Yeah, they took uh, J.C. Latham, yeah. So they're going to go guard tackle. 
Uh, Cooper Beebe, offensive guard, Kansas State. Raiders at 42 take J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. <laughs> uh, 43, Packers take Travion Henderson, the running back out of Ohio State. Redskins at um, 44 take Chris Broswell, the edge out of Alabama. Eagles at 45 take Edrin Cooper, interior linebacker A&M. Steelers at 46 take Denzel Burke, cornerback Ohio State. Dolphins at 47 take Patrick Paul, offensive tackle Houston. Here we go. First and 10 at the 13, 12, 15 seconds. These have to be into the end zone. Oh, no. What did they do there? That was an interesting play call. I don't know what happened there. I think there was a miscommunication. Uh, they ran like a bubble to the running back, but I think the receiver was supposed to block and he ran a route. So now it is ball at the 13, 10 seconds. Both these, you got two shots left that both got to be the end zone here. Um,. Both have to be to the end zone. You you got to be thinking it's Adonai Mitchell or Xavier Worthy here. Um, I don't know, but yeah, you, you it's got to be to the end zone. Can't be anything underneath. Anything underneath ends the game. Ewers, end zone, didn't give him a chance. It's gonna be one play, five seconds. Saints will then take Adonai Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas. Forty nine, the Bengals take Mason Smith and Tier D Lyman LSU. Texans at fifty take Jalen Polk, wide receiver out of Washington. Giants at 51 take Jonathan Brooks, running back from Texas. 52, the Rams take Jack Sawyer, edge out of Ohio State. Uh, 53, the Colts take Malachi Corley, wide receiver, Western Kentucky. They got to hurry up and get a play in. 16 seconds, you can't take a delay game. It ends the game, doesn't it? Here we go. Last snap, seven on the clock. Seven on the clock. Four on the game clock. Quinn Ewer's got to get the snap off. Here it is. They blitzed. Ewers scrambles. Oh, he threw it away. One second. Oh, the, no, there was one second on the clock. There's one second on the clock. 100%. No, the game's not over. Game is not over. They ran the clock down, but there's the game's not over. There was two or one seconds left. Wow, what a game. Uh, Buccaneers at 54 take Josh Newton, corner out of TCU. Jaguars at 55 take Michael Hall Jr., interior D lineman out of Ohio State. One second back on the game clock. Here we go. Now, was he down before the throwaway? That's a good question. Let's see. They, they brought a blitz, which I think smart. That's why if you're Texas, you probably got to keep the running back in. He was not down. Um, Chiefs take Tyleek Williams, interior D-lineman out of Ohio State. Uh, Bills take Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. Here's the game. Trips to the left in the slot. One guy up top. This could be just a fade route to, uh, to Adonai Mitchell. I think it is. Yeah, it is. Just a fade to Mitchell. Gave him a chance. Incomplete. Game over. He gave him a chance, but it's incomplete. And Washington will head to the college football playoff final. What a drive by Texas to give themselves a chance. But Washington will play Michigan. Uh, Lions at 58 take Tavondre Sweat. Interior D lineman out of Texas. Um, Cowboys take Jeremiah. Or no, sorry. Lion, Lions take. And the Browns take Xavier Leggett. Wide receiver, South Carolina. Cowboys at 60 take Jeremiah Trotter, interior linebacker out of Clemson. Eagles take Lab McConkey, wide receiver out of Georgia. Uh, Dolphins take Makai Wingo, interior D-lineman LSU. 49ers take TJ Tampa, corner out of Iowa State. And then Ravens at 64. He had a chance, just swatted away, great defense. And the Ravens at 64 to end the mock take Bucky Irving, running back out of Oregon. So, again, good to be back. Um, 
calendar. So this week and next week, so this will obviously be out here Tuesday morning. Next week, it'll be out Tuesday morning. But starting the week of the 15th, podcast will start being out Monday morning instead of Tuesday morning. I'll start doing the pods Sunday night and getting them out Monday morning. KB and the boys will always stay Thursday or Friday. I think this week we're going to do it on my birthday, Thursday the 4th. We're going to do a podcast because I think we'll, uh, most of us will be in town. Colby's on vacation, but me, Schmidt, uh, Nick, and Carter will all be in town. I think we're going to do the pod Thursday the 4th. Um, but yeah, after next week, all podcasts will, all unedited will be moved to being out Monday morning instead of uh, Tuesday morning. But yeah, good to be back. Uh, good to get some time off though. Uh, holidays with, you know, hanging out with family and friends. Uh, hoping I'll feel better by Thursday. No, no, I'm not really sick. Just under the weather a little. Uh, scratchy voice. But uh, yeah, um, playoffs start in two weeks, I believe, right? Or is there a break and then the playoffs? I can't remember. But yeah, playoffs in the NFL start soon. I'll have, uh, so we got Washington, Michigan. I'm going to be early taking Michigan to win the national title over Washington. Again, I think it's just a better matchup. That'll be Monday, January 8th. We'll have KB and the boys will have their picks uh, come Thursday or Friday. Um, But yeah, again, thank you guys for listening. Love you all. Peace.